94.5 The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now... Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome in. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Easter to you from all of us to all of you. And I'll include everybody at 104.5 The Zone on that us. Welcome to... The Pro Wrestling Radio Show Experience here on 104.5 The Zone. I feel like we missed out. A couple of years ago, we could have called ourselves the Husky Experience. And now I don't know that I can call myself the Husky Experience. You cannot. David Reed is off this week for the holiday. Happy Easter to he and Lindsay and to RV as well. Brandon Hagney, you just heard him. He's at Hag Haney. I'm at J Mart Zone. I'm Jason Martin. We're on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. So the Superstar Shake-Up happened this week. We're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the next WWE pay-per-view, which will not be until May the 19th. It's Money in the Bank. We will explain what the dual champions are going to be doing and kind of how things are structured. And we will kind of go down what happened in the Shake-Up. But let's start right here. The Viking experience. I sent a message to you, Brennan. I didn't get to watch the show live. Uh, after Once I got home from my show, it took me a little bit of time, and then I was able to sort of get to the show and when I got to the show I saw Hanson and Rowe and I was like yes awesome these guys can make it on the main roster these guys are great I just watched them have what I thought was the best match of the night at this awesome takeover show and then I see the Viking experience pop up on the Tron and I say okay all right it's the Viking experience the War Raiders all right I get it no it's the Viking experience and that was changed in the afternoon on Monday from the Berserkers, which was the initial name that Vince McMahon had come up with. Which is actually a better name than the Vikings. Period. I guess, except the Berserker already existed, and it was John Nord back in the 90s I mean, the thing for is, WWF. How about you just don't call them either one? Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, you nerfed the entire act. Yeah, you did. Because, I mean, there's st- and, and the thing is, they're still go- coming out there doing the war, yeah. you know, hand motions and the chants with the crowd. Meanwhile, they're being billed as the Viking experience. And I don't know if you actually paid much attention to the graphics or, or, or the Titan Tron as they were making their entrance. But some, I can't remember the Twitter user. I wish I did so I could give credit. They noticed that the Iron Shield, if you played the game Skyrim. Elder Scrolls Five, Elder Scrolls Five, Skyrim. Um, one of the most popular games of the last decade. Yes. Um, one of the most basic shields in that game is just your run-of-the-mill iron shield. Mm-hmm. Basically, in their graphics package, is just a photoshopped iron shield. Like it's actually it's, the, yes, one the one from Skyrim? From Skyrim. Really? That is how low effort this debut was. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that at all. That's phenomenal now here's the thing i'm really happy for those guys but i feel like you're already tying something behind their back just like you said nerfing the act because it's such a stupid name now i will say this now this is a vince mcmahon move it was a vince mcmahon decision he loves doing change for change's sake for some reason they already changed it from war machine to war raiders i don't know why you couldn't leave that alone but i guess now that they're on the main roster you've got to call them something else and so let's call them something stupid 
but we did mock the Bludgeon Brothers, and it didn't turn out to be nearly as bad as we thought, even though Luke Harper's no longer with the company and Eric Rowan is fat and hanging out with Daniel Bryan. So there are different... I guess he's hanging out with Daniel Bryan. I haven't seen him over the past few weeks. Oh, you haven't, but seen, I haven't Daniel seen Daniel Bryan. Bryan he's, yeah. So I'm happy to see them there. I also thought that just kind of the way in which they debuted was just sort of... Just kind of there, like it wasn't. I thought it could have been a little bit, a little bit better, but it wasn't terrible. I like those guys. I think they're a really talented tag team, a unique tag team, especially at their size and with their power and what they're doing. But I can tell you, I don't want to ever call them Eric with a K and Evar I V A R. But that's what they're going with. It's. I just saw this and I just thought, how WWE can you be? To find a way to come, like who is there? No one in WWE that tells Vince McMahon, "No, nah, we can't call them the Viking Experience." No, there is like the Viking Experience, and this launched a million jokes as it Twitter. should have. As it should have, it was one of the best nights, quite frankly, on Twitter in a long time because Twitter can be very polarizing. It can be very one side against another, just yelling at each other about things that don't matter. But for one night. One night, all of professional wrestling Twitter banded together to bury the Viking experience, just like it should have been. The Viking experience, and we sort of workshopped this joke on Twitter. I originally put out uh, that it sounded like a water park ride. Like it honestly, yeah, remember the, the, good, old, the old the old pirate ship yeah, the ride flip, and the old that, fly, the flipping pirate ship that I was afraid of until I did it and realized no, it's yeah. actually pretty cool. The the thing that just sort of swings goes upside down goes, at the end. And, yeah, it goes yeah. upside down at the end. Pirates of the Caribbean actually down at Disney World. I think that's I think the that's Viking what it is. experience. Literally sounds like one of those. Like that, it does. Like there is probably some third rate theme park somewhere in America. It's like that filing a copyright a, lawsuit like the World Wildlife Fund against WWF for the Viking Beach experience. Bend Park. Is, <laughs> like, I, Holiday that, World. Holiday World. Uh, there used to be, what was it? Uh, there, there's some sort of amusement park in Chattanooga yeah. that had uh, one of those pirate ship rides when I was a kid. Like that's, there, is, there is some theme park in America that has a ride called the Viking Experience. Also, interesting, also seems strange to me that they wouldn't have dropped the titles if you were going to call them up. Which makes it all the more... And I don't like mean at the takeover. I mean on the tapings after the takeover. Yeah, and it, that kind of just makes you think that this whole thing was last second. Yeah, well, that seems to be a lot of that WWE seems to, yeah, these that's, days. That's basically par for the course. I'm going to read this from The Observer. Names not brought up were Shayna Baszler, Pete Dunne, and Tyler Bate. Baszler has already been two-time NXT Women's Champion, and her character work is some of the best in the company. She's also 38, so she's got a limited window. Baszler doesn't have the type of look normally associated with a WWE woman wrestler, but the fact is her look is actually perfect for her gimmick, and her gimmick is more realistic than almost anyone. Even with her doing so well in NXT, picking it up so quick, there was always the question with her age and look if she'd ever get the shot to actually make money at this. And we can talk about Dunn and Bate. They're a lot younger, and they're smaller, and they don't have as much promo ability, and that's going to harm them when it comes to Vince McMahon as well. I think a lot of people thought after Ronda lost or disappeared that Shayna would come up pretty quickly. Because she's a better Ronda than Ronda is? In almost every respect, uh, I would at least concur pretty much with that. Uh, but that's not what happened. 
But I think the bigger thing is that we can talk about the women here, as a matter of fact, because, boy, SmackDown is going to be fun to watch when it comes to the female side. Raw, not so much. One thing I found interesting is the dual champion Becky Lynch and the dual tag team champions Peyton Royce and Billy Kay, they are going to work on both shows against challengers Different on opponents. both shows. And uh, Royce and Kay are also going to defend on NXT. They're also going to be a part of NXT. So they're going to be on all three shows. And I think that the main reason why you do that is to hope that they get better in the ring. Because you like some things about them, but you know they're limited. So the more reps they get in the ring, probably the better off you are. But the thing is, one of the problems that I had about the Superstar Shake-Up... Was um, it wasn't that good? Well, yeah, but... Flat. If you want to actually build the women's tag division, but you broke up the Riot Squad... Broke by, up Sasha and Bailey. You broke up Sasha and Bailey. And you broke up the Sky Pirates in NXT. Yep. Now, Kyrie Sane then just entered a tag team with Oscar. We'll a, get to that later. Yeah, we'll get to it. But if you wanted to build this division basically from scratch, I'm not real sure the thought process behind. You didn't have a lot of teams to begin with, to be honest with you. And then to basically run through three of your top four or five and break all of them up just makes zero sense. How about this? Breaking up Sasha and Bailey means you have exactly zero babyface tag teams on Raw for the women. You really don't have that many tag teams anyway, and this is a problem. We had this discussion off air, and I told you, and we had talked about it on this show years past about it would be good because of the number of women available to have them all on one show and have all the tag teams on one show. And I told you when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, Brandon, I said, the problem is now you can't do it because people are going to view the women as gimmicks and they're going to say, no, oh, so the women can't be on both shows. The thing is, from a pure numbers standpoint, there's no reason to have tag team divisions of women on both shows because there's just not enough women there. It's an objective fact, but it still is never going to fly. But you've got a situation like now where, I mean, if you just look at the sheer number of women available on Raw, there's not a whole lot of them. Yeah, I mean, they have... They have enough, enough women to fill two singles divisions. I am not, I do not believe that they have enough women no. to fill another uh, tag team division, even if uh, you are got one team defending on both shows. Like, I still don't think you have enough women there. But, yeah, I, I'm trying to just sit here and, and think through it in terms of the women that are now on Raw. I mean, There's with Lacey Evans. And she's going to be Becky's opponent at Money and in the Bank. Like Sasha Banks is off somewhere. They gave her a few weeks off. Sasha is off. Uh, Zelina, Ve Zelina is, Vega, technically, because she came over with Andrade. You know, Nia Jax is hurt and out. Naomi came over. Naomi, Naomi did come over. And that'll be good for her because Naomi, they can push Naomi pretty hard on Raw, especially when you look at what's around her. I guess Natty's still on Raw, right? Natalia's yes. still on Raw. So you've got that, but they even I mean, moved. Ruby Riot, Sarah Logan. Yeah, Liv Morgan moved to SmackDown. They Why? kept almost all the real-life couples together, with the exception of Charlotte, Charlotte and Andrade. Andrade. And I read this, and I'd never really seen this before, but it says that, or it says in the Observer this week, that usually when the office splits up a, a real-life couple, they're hoping they break up, which is kind of unnecessary for WWE want, to be they don't playing. don't want Andrade bringing Charlotte down? I, I suppose not. All I know is I sent you a message Monday when I saw Andrade come over and have that barn burner with Finn 
Finn had some matches this week. Finn had two great wrestling matches this week. That match with Andrade was great, and then he went was a Mustafa Ali. He worked on Tuesday night on Smack. Those were some. I'm down Ali. with seeing Ali and Balor for a little while. Like just I like Ali. that. Oh yeah, that's right. No more Mustafa. I don't. I don't get. Even it, though man. Tom Phillips did slip up on Tuesday, calling Mustafa. I don't. I don't get that. I don't get that fascination. And now when I think of Ali, when you think of Ali, what do you think of Muhammad? Yes, Mustafa Ali. At least you've got a chance to. Oh, it's Mustafa. It's not Muhammad. It's not Cassius Clay. It's sort of a. It's a difficult name to try and pull off anyway. I'm just. The other thing that I'm really happy about, and we'll continue to talk about the shakeup when we come back, is Buddy Murphy. Buddy Murphy deserved this. If anybody in the shakeup deserved this, that dude has consistently had some of the best matches in the company for the last year, and very few people have seen them because they're taking place 45 minutes before pay-per-views actually begin. His self-gloss nickname for the last year has been the best-kept secret in WWE. That's not... That's not, not a gimmick. That's not a nickname. It's just the truth. That's exactly right. When we come back, maybe we'll talk about truth. He didn't move. I don't think. No, he didn't move. He and Miller are still on SmackDown. So we can continue. We'll talk about the SmackDown women's roster, but I'll, I think where we will start when we come back is Asuka and Kyrie saying, and Io Shirai staying behind, and what this means for Asuka maybe more so than anything else. We roll along next. Happy Easter to you. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Happy Easter Sunday morning to you. Welcome in. Welcome back. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. I'm Jason Martin, Brandon Hagney with me, David Reed, and his wife, Lindsay, taking the holiday off. Hopefully you are with family and loved ones today. Be a lot of good eating today around the Music City. Got some mac and cheese to make after the show. Do you really? Yeah. Should have made that before the show. Brought it in for the show. That would have been better. I've got... I've got Abby's parents meeting my parents for the first time today for Easter Sunday lunch. That's be fun. And she spent a, a large part of Saturday cooking, and I saw it. I'm going to need to get home for that carrot cake, like, real quick. <laughs> I need to get down there for that. It's always a long Sunday for me as I did the three hours of Fox Sports Radio. If you heard the first two on The Zone, first off, bless you and thank you for, for being able to hear that here you're probably live. You're probably big in the just-leaving-Broadway bars market. I'm very big in that, and I'm very big in the leaving a club stuck in traffic in L.A. crowd as well. Well, in L.A., would they just be arriving to the club? I guess that's true. I guess it depends. I, maybe the lame ones that are leaving the club at the time that I'm yeah, on. Those that those that enjoy sleep more than fun. Exactly. So we've talked. Look, last year, if there's been one of the two, I don't know, what's the best prediction I've ever had on this show, that Oscar was dead as soon as... As Charlotte soon as she Beer. lost at WrestleMania, yeah. yeah. I mean, you, you've you been banging that drum for more than a year now. I guess she's not totally dead because, let me tell you something. If they put these titles on Kyrie Sane and Asuka, they need to go on like a Bruno Sammartino-like run with those tag titles. Like, no one should beat them. No one should be able to cheat and beat them. This is like Halloween Havoc 95. You could drop Kyrie Sane off a building during a pay-per-view, and she should still be able to come back, hit that elbow, and beat you. Like, in terms of a talented tag team that I'm going to get a lot of joy out of watching, super excited about this. Asuka is a singles champion 
that they're just, now let's put her with the other one that looks a lot like her, and that's what we're going to do. Yeah, I mean, that's, that's the issue. My, my original sort of snapshot impression, first impression of this pairing on SmackDown was disappointment because it feels like a bit of a demotion for Oscar. Let's be honest. And when you heard Paige last week say that she was bringing a new tag team to SmackDown, I certainly didn't expect it to include Asuka. Because basically, I mean, Asuka's been on the main roster for almost two years now without a mouthpiece. And now you're telling her that she needs a mouthpiece with Paige. I don't really understand where Paige fits in in all this. To talk. I mean, it's to talk and and look, fine. It would be cool to see. I mean, Paige was We talked about this amongst ourselves about it was as general manager. She was tremendous. And they just kind of... Well, for one thing, you had the whole McMahon initiative yes. that you know, all four of them were going to split responsibilities uh, on Raw and SmackDown. And Paige also had a movie to promote, she was, so she was out of town constantly. Right. But it is good to see her back on television. She is really good in that role. It just felt weird. Like It felt like, it felt like Paige was going to be introducing someone that we really haven't really seen before. Well, you, you told me you thought it could have been Rhea Ripley and somebody, and that would have been more the Paige style, right? In terms of the look yeah. and the attitude. During, and, and yeah, in NXT shows, uh, I went to an NXT show in Pittsburgh uh, into February. Uh, Rhea Ripley was working tag matches uh, with Reyna Gonzalez. And like that first shot, that's what I thought was happening. And it could have. And Io Shirai stays behind, and I guess she now gets the shot at Shayna. Yeah, would I would assume so. Um, and it does, you would think that uh, Asuka and Io Shirai, I guess, would be a bit better of a fit because they have teamed before. Um, I think they were part of a trio in Japan uh, back in the day. But you know, Kyrie Sane is more familiar with uh, WWE audiences because she's been around NXT longer. And I agree with you. I mean, if it ever comes down to an Iconics versus Asuka and Kyrie Sane match, if that's what we're if that's where we're going fairly soon just the way all four of those people have been built in the past, they should be tapping to the Oscar lock within 30 seconds. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I will say this, though. I'm really happy to see Kyrie Sane on the main roster because I love her. I think she's super talented. And this sets us up for uh, Kyrie Mania next year on the pirate ship in Tampa Bay. It's it's perfect, right? I mean, it, it really is. Um, it's... I don't know if it, here's the thing. Is it a demotion for Asuka if they weren't going to do anything major with Asuka on the singles? Because if you do put, it feels like when you put the titles on them and maybe you keep them off them for a while, because once you put them on there, you've got to kind of leave them for a while. But if she becomes a tag team champion, her and Kyrie are having consistently really solid matches with all the people that they put against them for a half year or whatever it might be. That might actually be better for Oscar. Yeah, and it, it's not a bad thing at all. I think that was just me in my WWE conditioned brain to think that tag teams don't matter. Yeah. Like that's that's how I've been conditioned to think from watching WWE over the last 20 years. And it does leave us some matches that we can go to if they ever split that tag team up. Um, Asuka and Ember Moon was a great feud in NXT, and Ember moved to Raw. Ember, I think, I have said this, I did not know if that gimmick was going to work on the main roster because I wasn't thoroughly impressed with the character side of it in NXT. I think Ember Moon's a superstar. I think she's super talented. I think she's uber likable. As soon as she shows up, you're like, all right, she stands out. 
She doesn't. She's not a great promo, but not everybody has to be a great promo. She can work her rear end off. I am excited to to see that uh, her and Charlotte in the program potentially could be something really solid. I think, quite frankly, Ember Moon to SmackDown might be my favorite move in the Superstar Show. That and I think Andrade to Raw could really help. Could be something good for him because they can kind of just start over because they just didn't do enough that they could have done. I think that. What was what? Else? I mean, I think Reigns to SmackDown is is big, and we haven't talked about that. We could easily have let off the show with that. That was my prediction, is that I thought Roman Reigns would go, and I thought that he should go. I think that there are a lot of these that are throwaways. The additions to Raw, AJ Styles. I think we all kind of assumed that could happen. AJ and Randy Orton seemed like a short term before one of them moved. Yeah, and I believe AJ since we did redid the brand split in 2016 he's been on smackdown since yeah that's right aj styles the miz fits his shows right after it i think has has the miz ever has has there ever been a superstar that has moved more from raw to smackdown over the last decade of drafts and and superstar shakeups than the Miz. Just I feel like he moves every time we do this. I think it's just because it's not about his matches; it's about everything else, and the everything else you can kind of run through. Almost like the fact that he's a gimmick means you have to shift him around, and he's versatile enough to do what he's doing. But you're right; like if there was the move award, it would go to the Miz, just like the babyface heel turn award would go to the Big Show. And everything that he's done, but I think you're right. So AJ Styles, The Miz, The Viking Experience, we talked about off the top. Andrade, we've mentioned Zelina Vega came with Andrade. Cedric Alexander, we talked about Buddy Murphy, but we didn't mention that Cedric Alexander is also a main roster player on Raw. I don't know if that'll work. I hope it does. I hope they give him a chance. He's super talented. Rey Mysterio moved to Raw. The Usos, which we predicted on this show, and that's a good move. That's going to help them out a lot. Naomi, we mentioned. Eric Young. Moved over. RIP Sanity. Yep, basically. And Lacey Evans, of course, was already there on Raw. Also, Ricochet and Aleister Black are going to be Raw folks as well. And Michael Cole annoyed me to no end Monday night. Ricochet comes out, oh my, does this mean Ricochet is Raw? And then Aleister Black goes, oh my, does Aleister Black mean that Aleister Black is on Raw? It's it like, yes, like, it does, Michael Cole. Let's talk about AJ Styles for those that don't know who he is. Yeah, It felt like for the first like 35 minutes of that show on Monday, everybody was super confused as to whether or not the people that are appearing on Raw that night were Raw moving forward. Like if... That's, well, why, that's why I said in the first segment of the show that the superstar shakeup and everything with the Viking experience, especially, it all felt so half bleeped. Like it all felt like they were flying by the seat of their pants, and that's something that they just came up with on the fly. Despite the fact that this show had been planned for months, for months. Yeah, that's right. Additions to SmackDown Chad Gable. So Gable and Rude broken up. Even after Rude and Gable cut that promo Monday about they would take on anybody that came through, and that's what brought out uh, the Viking experience. I, I do think believe. that was the Usos. Usos, you're right. Sorry. No, if you remember, you're right. Though. If you if you saw on Raw when Gable and Rude came out, their lower third graphics said the Usos. Oh, did it really? It did. I got to start paying more attention to these graphics. Heavy Machinery moved to SmackDown. 
Uh, Mickey James also moved to SmackDown, so you can add her to the women's list. Yes, she did. Jeez. Yes. It was not on TV, but uh, Liv Morgan, we discussed. Apollo Crews, Ember Moon, Buddy Murphy, Elias, which on a two-hour show, you don't need That's the filler one. that you yeah. need on the three-hour. I'm a big fan of the Elias act. I'm a big fan of the, the Elias character. SmackDown does not have the time for this. It's a two-hour show, like these Elias segments are always so long. And when you have a second hour uh, in Raw on Raw every Monday that really doesn't mean much at all, you yeah. can just throw an Elias segment in there for 15 minutes. But, you know, 15 minutes on SmackDown is more than 10% of your show. Yes. Um, Bailey, Roman Reigns we mentioned. And then, according to the Observer, Lars Sullivan is SmackDown. So he showed up on Raw, yes, then he yes. showed up Tuesday, and so he's going he's gonna to be on SmackDown. WWE.com, after Raw on Monday, so said that Lars Raw. Sullivan was on Raw, and then they put a graphic up on SmackDown saying Lars Sullivan And I think there's Smackdown. a point here that we need to talk about when we come back about draft versus superstar shakeup, because I definitely have, have an opinion on that. The plan for house show main events, Reigns versus Elias, Rollins and Strowman and Styles versus Lashley and McIntyre and Baron Corbin are the main events on the two shows right now. One thing that you did not see Monday that you would have seen is Samoa Joe going to Raw. He was so sick that he couldn't. they had to take him off of TV and not let him appear that night, but they did flip champions. Balor flipped, which you did see. Joe will flip, and the point of Joe moving or the big initial plan is to try and heat Strowman back up. In a program with Samoa Joe. beat Samoa Joe? Probably, yes. When we come back, Superstar Shake-Up ratings were down significantly. And these shows were not that entertaining. Something needs to be done about the way these things are being structured. We'll talk about that next. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Yeah, it's Lars Sullivan's music. It's Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. This is the mediocre experience, if you wanted to name this guy. And some of the worst, most stock gear ever. Brandon Hagney would be up this week. David Riedolf. I can just go on 10-minute rants about this guy every week, and I might. Yeah, this may become a a refrain. I think that gimmick is probably going to get pretty old to the audience. But considering that Lars Sullivan is a fairly new attraction on our television screens, it's one of the things that maybe I can get some mileage out of it for just a couple of weeks. It's, it's not going to work, man. No, nah, it's. I mean, look, if you're going to go in on somebody, if you if you believe in somebody, you got to go in full bull. And so that's what's happening. Although it does appear like Lars Sullivan is going after old people, like he's the legend killer, Lars Sullivan. Who did he go after? He went after the Hardy Boys. Went after Kurt Angle during his retirement. Who was uh, it that Ray he attacked Mysterio this week? On Ray Mysterio. Yeah. And then what did he do on Tuesday? Was it the Hardy Boys? No, it was. It was. See, when he comes out, I just my eyes roll back in my head like I'm the Undertaker because I'm just waiting for it to end. He came out. And he killed somebody else, and it was another. It was another old, old group. I can't remember who it was. I'm going to find it. Would you? Th- uh, we'll go the opposite side. If you want to talk about Lars Sullivan being great or not great, Kevin Owens as an honorary member of the New Day. It's R-Truth. 
for one. Yes. Another dude that's like almost 40 or is 40. No, he's like mid 40. He's almost 50. Yeah, sorry. He looks like he's like 15 years younger in terms of his body. His face looks old, but it's just like the the thing about Lars Sullivan. Like they, they build him as a monster despite the fact that he's like six foot two. Like there's nothing like super impressive about his height or his stature. Calling him a freak doesn't work at 6'2". He just looks like, he looks like Connor's brother who doesn't eat carbs. He he basically, I think it was Hair Metal Henry that tweeted us on Tuesday that he was a poor man's Ryback. He he reminds me of Snitsky. That's what I've said from the get-go. Not as tall as Snitsky. I think somebody on Reddit uh, put this out there this week, and it was the most perfect description I have ever heard about Lars Sullivan. They said that Lars Sullivan is that baby that Gene Snitsky punted into the crowd. <laughs> Coming that back, ba- that baby grew up to be Lars Sullivan. Before we get to something relevant, you want to talk about the uh, the puppet and the toy room? I was disappointed. I was disappointed like that, that they went to back to the, they went to toys and like doll houses and stuff like that with it these Bray Wyatt promos. That is, right? It seems obvious it's Sister Abigail's like toy room, her doll house and at the end of it you see a rocking chair with a female doll that's laughing at you. Yeah, I mean, I can't Seems like Sister Abigail. I can't get behind these dolls. Like if you give me smoking buzzard puppet then, well, you get smoking buzzard puppet, and then you get all of this. No, and then Byron just, Saxon has the same things. Like, is it possible for me to unsee that? What's weird is WWE.com, or not .com, but their Twitter account, put, like, put that video up and then had like their response or their quote tweet there was 40 laughing emojis. So they're laughing at this video on their own Twitter account. I, don't, I didn't think that was what we were supposed to do. I mean, that's what I'm doing. I've been laughing since the very beginning. <laughs> It's your favorite thing on earth right now. It is actually it's like Jordan shoes and I just the buzzard I, I don't want I don't want Bray Wyatt to come back. I just want nothing but smoking buzzard puppet vignettes for six years. Yeah. You want to put the U.S. title on the smoking? I want buzzard it to puppet? be Emelina at this point. Remember when we just oh, yeah. got Emelina promos every single week without her ever debuting? She debuted once and then went right back to Emma. Don't you feel like smoking buzzard puppet could be the world champion in DDT? Oh, I think. I mean. We've seen a DDT championship uh, change hands in dreams. <laughs> That's what I'm like talking smoking about. Smoking buzzard puppet. Smoking buzzard puppet could be the be Ric like... Flair of DDT. <laughs> exactly. So the draft shows or the the shakeup shows. Raw was down 26 percent from last year. SmackDown was down 21. Here's the problem. All of this feels so arbitrary. There's no explanation. We don't see any negotiations. We're not seeing the general managers making moves. We're not seeing anything explained. It's just people just showing up on these shows. Like, oh, this guy's on this show. This guy's on this show. Everything feels so just, all right, plug and play. It's it's so low effort. Back in the day, I remember when we first did it. What was it? like? Rick Flair was the GM. Oh, yeah. Right. Back in the day, it was basically like Ric Flair and Vince McMahon were going to podiums making picks. Yeah, that's what it should still be. If it's not that, it should just be totally random the way they did it. Yeah, there was a little while where they just had like a roulette week. It was basically like pressure luck almost with WWE John Cena ended up on SmackDown. Exactly. Like that makes more sense than this because there's no logic in these moves and there's nothing to explain them. There's nothing to back them up. There's no story here. And so why am I supposed to care? I mean, Roman Reigns moved to SmackDown, and it was cool. 
but it didn't really mean anything. AJ ended up showing up at the main event. It's uh, like such, on it's Raw. just such an arbitrary That's the thing. Word. Like there's no there's no authority figures right now. The only thing like we know that Vince McMahon is in charge. That's the only thing we really know. But there's no general manager really from week to week, either on on Raw or SmackDown. Vince McMahon will show up to to lord over Kofi Kingston once a week or something like that. But like he's not being shown making matches on the show from week to week. Like it, the, all of these moves, like there's no basis behind. No them. rhyme or reason. There's WWE is not New Japan. It's not PWG. It's not even Ring of Honor. Even though they try to weave some storylines in and things like that, their business, a lot of it depends upon the creative surrounding these guys showing up. That's why stuff like the Viking Experience matters. Like, you can call the Viking experience the Viking experience of PWG because who cares? Once the bell rings, it's just about the work. But the Viking experience is a larger context and a larger construct within the world of WWE creatively. So when you have no creative reasoning for anything that's happening, why do I care? And that's a question that we find ourselves asking on this program far too often. Why do we care? And that is... Uh, I think that that is a failing on WWE's part. So go back and don't do this superstar shakeup. Do it a different way because, you know, Brad Willis, our program director here at the Zone, came up to me a couple of days ago and he said, "Why is it I always get so excited about the superstar shakeup when I know it's not going to be that interesting?" Because just you just want to see new faces. The and thought about this person moving from one show to the other, like that, is a very exciting, a very intriguing thing. On paper, yes. On paper, yes. Like, but but the. This thing could be fixed very easily by just going back to having authority figures. Like, who is representing Raw right now? Who is representing SmackDown right now? We don't know. Yeah, there was a like, former general manager in Baron Corbin. Her handle is gone. Stephanie hadn't been on TV. Well, she showed up for the shake-up, and then she left, but didn't do anything of note. I mean, and, and then Paige showed up on, on SmackDown in a different role. But, like, if we, if you actually put some effort into this thing, and you had a general manage, manager for Raw, and you had a general manager for SmackDown, and you structured it like an actual draft. Or if you were going to just do a shakeup, you you showed them having negotiations backstage. Like, I'll give you this person if you give me this, yada, 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 that kind of thing. If you put some sort of effort into actually building a sto- story behind these things instead of just, oh, hey, here's the Ustos, they're on Raw now. No reason why, it's just they're on Raw now. I am looking forward to I can just see it coming that Usos Viking experience program over the Raw Tag Team titles. Or the Usos versus Ricochet and Aleister Black. Yeah, but they're both baby faces right now. Fair. That's, I mean, that's, although there's really no reason for the Viking experience true. to be heels. Very, very, very They just true. teamed up with the Revival on Monday. So, looking at Meltzer laid out a depth chart for both shows. And he's got top faces, A.J., Braun, Seth on Raw. Top heels, Baron Corbin, Bobby Lashley, and then Brock Lesnar. Drew McIntyre. Drew McIntyre, who will be working Seth at Money in the Bank, and Samoa Joe. By the way, we have the the Shield's last ride tonight, I think. Yeah, Yeah, it's a network special tonight. It's basically a house show, six-man tag against... Bobby Lashley, Baron Corbin, and Drew McIntyre. Well, at least Drew's in it, right? I mean, I guess. Like, if you were actually going to put together a network special like that, 
Like you, I feel like you could have brought the Wyatt family back for one night just to go against the Shield as a as a walk off. That'd have been good. I agree with you. Mid level faces the Miz and Rey Mysterio. Mid level heels Andrade and Sami Zayn, who we haven't talked about, but that was an interesting segment on Monday with Alexa Bliss and of course Montreal loving Sami Zayn and him having his music played three or four times and then burying the fans. I thought it was a pretty good. Sami's talented. I'm glad to see Sami Zayn back. Face tag teams. Ricochet and Aleister Black, all right. Bo Dallas and Curtis Axel, Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder, Lucha House Party. Three uh, three A-plus teams right there. And the then Usos? the Usos. Yes. Heel tag teams. AOP, they still exist. The Revival, they still exist. The Ascension, wow. they still exist. And the Viking Experience. Boy, let me tell you what heels are going to get pushed. Women's singles faces, Becky's on both shows. Dana Brooke, who we forgot about, who is on Raw. Naomi, Natty, Sasha Banks. The audience forgot about Dana Brooke. It wasn't just us. Alexa Bliss, Alicia Fox, who we forgot. Lacey Evans, Nia Jax. Alicia Fox, though, hasn't been on television for a very long time. Well, since Arn got fired. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that we ever actually got into that. We didn't. We can can mention it in the final segment. We'll take a break here in a second. Lacey Evans, Nia Jax, if she comes back. Tamina. She's not going to be back for a year. Yeah, it's going to be a while. Tamina. And then the the tag teams are Billy Kay and Peyton Royce on both shows and Ruby Riott and Sarah Logan. And then, listen to this, preliminary faces. Bobby Roode, Cedric Alexander, Rhino, Heath Slater, No Way Jose, Titus O'Neil. My man's still cashing checks. <laughs> Preliminary heels, EC3. No excuse really not to do a little bit more with him at this point. You probably. saw on Monday what they did with him. There ain't, there's nothing happening with EC. I, I think you should cut him because I don't think he's good enough in the ring to make it work. Eric Young, Jinder Mahal, still there. Mojo Raleigh. Tyler Breeze, technically. If Mojo Raleigh ever gets out of that room that he's been stuck the in mirror? for about two months. Yeah. With the mirror? Yeah, I, I don't and think it's going to happen. And the Vachon uh, face paint that he was rocking a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. When we come back, we'll talk about a couple of people that have left the company. One that said he left the company but hasn't left the company. And indeed, yeah, we, we never did really touch on that Arn Anderson story. If you didn't hear it, we'll do that next. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Easter to you. Welcome back. Final segment, Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 Zone. David Reed and Lindsay, happy Easter to them. Happy birthday to, or happy Easter. I guess this could be a birthday. It's not, but happy Easter to uh, RV as well. Brendan Hagney with me this week. He's at Hag Haney. I'm at Jmart Zone. We're joined by a guy that somehow has free time. I don't really know how. It may not even be free. I, don't, I think they, Titans Radio just let him out of the studio <laughs> for like five minutes for a break. Yeah, Rep Bryan has been basically in a cave for the last few weeks. Coach Mack is in the building this morning. It's Easter, but ain't no rest for the wicked, I guess. Jonathan Hutton joins us. Hut, um, I'm going to ask you a question about the shakeup at the end of this, but our WrestleMania party that we had a couple of weeks ago that uh, we were doing to benefit you, and of course Papa John's was a part of that, that event was awesome, and all the people that came had a had a great time. I think that show is still going on. <laughs> WrestleMania is still going on, but we, we had yeah. to finally clear out for the day. But a really, really cool event. It, you had to go to Augusta, so you weren't able to be there, but we hope that we're going to be able to do that every year. Well, I, um, I 
was able to go to Augusta. I didn't have to go. Well, yeah. Uh, right. But we did do that on behalf of, of Team Hut 104.5. So I made the trip with someone who bid on that trip with Catfish Jake and was unable to stay back and be able to, to, to join you guys for the WrestleMania 35 watch party here in the building to benefit the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society. So thank you, Jason. Thank you, Brandon, and, and to, to David Reed for hosting that, Brad Willis and, and others who were there that evening. I, by all accounts, it was outstanding. And everything but the length of the show yeah, yeah. Went, went well that night. For those that stayed, for those that, that decided not to, not to stay, I don't blame you. Uh, but thank you for, for donating to the cause because 100% of the donation went to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Society of Tennessee. And we are in the final week. Today marks, uh, I'm in my final week of the campaign for Team Hutton 1045. So uh, on behalf of me and everybody uh, here at 1045 The Zone, and uh, thank you to all of the Squared Circle Radio listeners who stepped up and, and helped out that night to to come watch a fun show with you guys, one of my favorite shows here on The Zone and, and take in WrestleMania and also help out a great cause. So thank you. Yeah, Brandon, you know, a lot of people didn't leave. Pretty much that room was still full by the end. You had to go. I mean, I had, had to go. Something like, had I to actually, do. the listeners outlasted me. Yeah, Brandon. <laughs> Just like the last time we watched WrestleMania, when we watched WrestleMania at Brad's, you got sick. Yeah, that was the Undertaker oh, yeah. night. That was the, the night that the Undertaker streak got broken, and I got very sick. I actually ended up throwing up and, like, <laughs> luckily, Brad, luckily, Brad Willis has moved from this neighborhood, so he's probably not around these neighbors uh, very often. But, yeah, I ended up throwing up in, like, somebody's yard. So I was keeping up in Georgia with yeah. the show. I couldn't watch it because the group I was with, we were out, and then we, I, I was getting back to the, the, the house we were staying in and checking results. And then I got on the network and watched the show, not all of it. And I, I was keeping up with it. I was thinking, okay, how many matches are left? So I got on Zone Wrestling's Twitter account and followed you guys. I'm thinking, wow, there's still five matches yeah. left, and it was 930. And I, I, then I knew you guys were going to be there till 1130 or yeah, midnight. Yeah, the, the highlight of the night absolutely was Kofi Kingston winning the WWE Championship. Like, that yeah. was the high in terms of moments of the night. That was fairly And then early. after that, there was like six more matches. After that, there was intermission. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was a very, very lengthy intermission. It was like when I was in Orlando and Pitbull came out, and everybody's like, thank goodness we could use the restroom at this point. So the draft show, I mean, you're a fan the night after WrestleMania, those shows are flat now because they've got these superstar shakeup shows a week later. So superstar shakeup this week was 26% down from last year ratings-wise on Raw and 21% down on SmackDown. And we were sitting here in the third segment talking about how dull this is because it's just people showing up arbitrarily on new shows with no point. There's no general manager explaining it. There's nobody. They need to go back to the draft concept where there's guys that are actually making deals and you've got general managers because... This is just like plug-and-play chess pieces, and it makes them all seem useless to me. Well, it would be different for me watching it, and see if you guys agree, if they would book some of these guys on these shows to matter. How many guys matter? So when Roman Reigns shows up, I mean, he matters, but how much now? Right? Like, he's not even the championship picture, and he comes back. So... Um, I, I, I shake my head at what they're doing because the ratings are down. They're still getting boatloads of money by doing deals with Saudi Arabia and other places. Uh, so they're not, they're not crazy about responding to the ratings unless they move. Or when, when, is, when do they move to that? Fox it's is in September? Late September. Yeah, it's, it's sometime so, later this yeah. year. But like even, even the guys that matter, it, it, there's just not this huge hoopla for for Reigns on SmackDown. Well, I know you're a big Lars Sullivan guy. <laughs> I mean, I, 
there's just so much to me now that I, I again I didn't even watch the full WrestleMania show because I knew what mattered and what didn't on that show by following you guys on Twitter. So my biggest issue with the entire Superstar Shakeup this week was it just felt like, especially out of the gate on Monday, when this is supposed to be one of the bigger shows of your year. It's supposed to be people moving. It's going to be this is for all intents and purposes that was supposed to be your season premiere. Yep, that's right. Until the next WrestleMania, when that's going to be your season finale, and Michael Cole, Corey Graves, Renee Young, everybody on commentary just sounded confused as to what was happening. Like somebody comes out and they don't know whether or not that means they're going to be on Raw because this was a Raw superstar before. Does that mean they're staying here or are they going to Raw? They didn't know. And they and we didn't know until Lars showed up again on Tuesday, because Monday night on the website they say he's raw. And then he shows up on Tuesday night, so they still were not even sure what they were doing. Like just put some effort into it. Are you are you saying the announcers truly didn't know? They tried they not to tell that, anybody. It like sounded like they didn't. No, know. well that's generally the way WWE does it is they tell nobody. They don't even tell the superstars until like the last second. Because it wasn't until about thirty five forty five minutes into the show. Where, you know, Jason said this earlier in the show, like Alistair Black and Ricochet were like kind of the first people that you saw on Monday night. And Michael Cole's like, does this mean they're on Raw? No, he said individually, he goes, does this mean Ricochet's on Raw? <laughs> does this mean Alistair Black is on Raw? <laughs> they like, didn't well, they're know. They're on Raw right now. Like, that's the thing. Like, I know. They didn't yeah. know. What do you think of the, I got to ask you this, what do you think of the Viking experience? Yeah, I'm not thrilled about it. Dude, Really? I'm I'm more I'm more excited for that than I am the sock puppet or whatever that thing is. Oh, Brandon's oh, gonna have a problem with you on puppet. that. I'm not I'm not into it, Brandon. And uh, I, I I see that and I cringe knowing that I I have to fast forward through another segment coming up. It I is just, one of those things, smoking buzzard puppet to me. <laughs> it is one of those things that has be, the first thing I said to you guys was there is no way this is a good idea. <laughs> like this thing is going to be atrocious. But I can't stop thinking about it. Like every time I see that thing on the screen, it makes me laugh. I know it's going to be terrible. Like I know in my heart that it's going to be terrible, but I can't get enough of it. Well, Hutton, your campaign, look, I'm looking forward to you being able to sleep again because you've had so much stuff going on. you got one more week. I'll be there with you this weekend. You've got the, the film room coming up with Cosell and Guinness. That thing's totally sold out. I gave away four tickets to it at the Sprint Store on Friday up in Murfreesboro. You got the draft. It's a fun time of year, but I'm sure it's also pretty busy. As yeah, well. the final push is here from what what has been a, a three month campaign, and and everybody involved with this has been putting every ounce of effort into it, and for great reason. And it all benefits uh, LLS. This is their biggest fundraiser of the year, and uh, the final push is here. If you'd like to donate, every dollar matters. Hutton1045.com is where you can do that, and all of it will go to the Leukemia and Lymphoma, Lymphoma Society of Tennessee, just like it did at the WrestleMania 35 watch party. Thank you to Squared Circle Radio for getting on board. All right, we will see you next week. Maybe TV will actually be worth watching this week. If not, then we'll have a lot of snark for you. That's what we do. Happy Easter to you from us. David's back next week for Brendan, Jason, and for Hutton. We'll see you.